we're at an inflection point in modern business. The ability to leverage the corporate data asset is enabling new and exciting advances in business processes, product development, and customer interactions. As the amount of data not only expands, but becomes the foundation for customer interactions and new product development, the ability to effectively use data is a competitive edge that must be exploited. Welcome to Your Platform is Your Data. I'm your host, Aaron Goldberg, Contributing Editor at CIO Marketing Services. In this episode, our guest is Peter Koop, Vice President and Chief Industry Strategist for Financial Services at Informatica. He will share proven best practices and strategies for building a data layer and the benefits that doing that can bring to organizations in the financial industry. We'll discuss how data must be organized, managed, and delivered to provide the benefits and advances that are possible today and into the future. In addition, we'll touch on the importance of data for supporting regulatory and compliance needs that are a major factor for every financial institution. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Erwin. Great to be here today. I'm excited as well. So let's get to the meat of the matter. What are some of the most important trends that are impacting financial services organizations presently and into the foreseeable future? Yes, thank you for the question and again, the opportunity to be on the podcast today. You know, we, we're all reading the headlines in, in real time. As much as we, we thought COVID was going to go away, it, it's now sort of resurfacing back up and affecting societies across the globe. And, and we're going to see a lot of financial organizations continue to adapt how they actually treat their customers, how they interact and engage with their customers. Because what, what COVID has really done is it's accelerated significantly the digital transformation investments companies have been making and really accelerated them over the last 24 months now. You, know, you see a lot of mobile technologies that are allowing organizations to provide real-time quotes, to be able to handle real-time customer service requests. At the same time, we're seeing organizations you know, modernizing their web capabilities to ensure that all generations have the ability to access their accounts, their financial advisors, and the products and services that these organizations provide. We're also seeing a lot of headwinds in the risk side of the business, right? From climate change. I mean, I was just reading the headlines this morning. Europe is facing one of the greatest uh, warming trends ever recorded in history. And we're going to see the effects on climate change on the financial markets across the globe. You've got geopolitical risks that are impacting the credit markets, as well as other aspects of the financial sector. And of course, you know, we've got ongoing challenges and concerns with cyber threats. And these risks are really driving organizations to look at how they actually monitor and manage risks. Now, at the same time, we live in the financial services industry. It's a heavily regulated industry. There's a lot of regulations that exist. There's a lot of new ones that are coming about. Now, the old ones don't go away necessarily when the new ones arise. That means there's a greater demand for transparency as to how these organizations are actually running their business with industry regulators, and they need to ensure that they can actually explain the information and the data that they're using in their regulatory report submissions. And then finally, you know, we live in a world where customers demand more these days, whether it's consumers or businesses of their financial institutions, whether they're banks, insurance companies, or everyone in between not just to handle their day-to-day -day financial needs, but really for short-term, near-term, and long-term planning, whether it's retirement, 
whether it's college planning. And again, all these services are provided by companies that compete with each other each and every day. And so these are the macro level trends that we're seeing across the industry. And it's gonna drive a lot of innovation. It's gonna drive a lot of need for data that businesses need in order to make decisions, to transact, as well as interact with their customers. You know, these that's a, a number of very important trends, foundational trends. And how are companies responding? What are they investing in? And, and why are they making those investments? Yeah, great question. You know, number one, there are board level priorities where organizations are focused on making investments to improve customer experience by becoming more digital and data driven. Number two, as I mentioned, it's a very, very competitive market, right? A checking account is a checking account, regardless of the logo of the firm. Credit cards are credit cards, insurance policies are insurance policies. But organizations need to find new ways, innovative ways to identify cross-sell and upsell opportunities in order for them to expand wallet share with existing customers, because it's easier actually to make money from existing customers than to go out and poach customers from your competition. Organizations are adopting data governance practices and frameworks so that they have accountability structures in place so that they can actually tell and understand the data that they're using in order to comply with one regulation versus another. So really automating and operationalizing how they govern their data in order to comply with regulations. And I talked about the exposures from a risk management standpoint, whether it's driven because of climate change, because of geopolitical risk, and or all of the other traditional market credit operational risk scenarios. You know, companies are now looking at the systems and applications that they've been using to identify, measure, and monitor risk, and doing so with cloud modern solutions. And then finally, you know, when time equals money, and in the financial services industry these days, you know, it's 24 by seven. We see the markets, you know, if you watch a Bloomberg, if you watch the news from one region to another, literally on a transitional basis. And organizations have to be more agile and responsive to time sensitive threats and opportunities, whether it's in banking, whether it's insurance, capital markets, and they're doing that by adopting AI machine learning technologies, business process automation solutions, and making investments in API technology so they can leverage third parties that provide the solutions and the services that these organizations need that they don't have available in-house today. Peter, you mentioned customer support, customer interaction, the customer experience a few times. I'd like to focus on the customer experience. You know, it's a top priority for a lot of different financial services firms. Why is it so important these days? Like I mentioned, it's a very competitive marketplace, right? So if, if you're shopping for, let's say, a, an auto policy for your car, typically, you know, the, the coverage that these companies provide in the insurance sector, they'll, they'll match each other. But the amount that they actually charge from one provider to another really doesn't vary as much. So from a product and pricing perspective, it's very difficult for these organizations to compete with their peer. Where they differentiate is how they actually provide the services to their customers from the time they onboard them as a new customer throughout the entire journey of that customer relationship. Because at the end of the day, there's choice, right? Consumers have the opportunity to switch accounts and switching costs are very low. And it's very easy these days 
let's say compared to 10, 20 years ago. And so these organizations know they have to keep their customers engaged, happy, and connected. And if you don't do that, again, consumers have a choice. They'll take their business somewhere else. That's how organizations are actually differentiating themselves amongst their competition is based on the level of service that they're providing and the experience that their customers have in doing business with them. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, but part of that customer experience, one of the things that's so important is consistency across different channels, across different modes of interaction. That's something some firms really fail at. You know, if you talk to on the phone versus you're going on, on the website, you get very different information. Is data the foundation to finally start delivering some consistency across these touch points? Well, short answer is absolutely yes. The, the problem in financial services, if you take a large bank, let's say Bank of America, you've got multiple lines of businesses. You have consumer banking, you have commercial banking, or what they call wholesale banking. You have wealth asset management, which is a third division. You have investment banking, capital markets, which is a fourth division. And then you have your corporate functions like risk, compliance, HR, et cetera, et cetera. Each organization then has systems and applications that they use to run their business. Oftentimes, the data that they have about their customers within their business silo is good enough for them. But when you have initiatives that are coming from the top down, for example, retail banking customers who have small businesses may actually be candidates for the commercial business. High net worth clients who have large amounts of you know, cash and, and, and assets across not just within that organization, but other institutions, they may be candidates for the high net worth wealth management and asset management business. The problem is when a customer calls into their banker and says, hey, I'm interested in products and services that you offer, let's say, for one side of the business to another, the information about the customer, their interest levels, and what they've done in the past reside in standalone systems within these organizations. Hence, you have these islands of information that aren't necessarily synced up with each other. They have different versions of the truth. And you end up with duplicative sources of, of, of customer information that people really don't know how to leverage in order to provide the level of customer service and experience that the clients demand and expect from their financial institutions. So data is not the problem per se. It's the ability to manage customer information, not just data, about existing clients, not at an account level, but at a customer level across all lines of business. This is something that organizations across insurance, banking, capital markets struggle to do when they don't have the proper technology solutions and infrastructure in order to manage customer master data. These are some of the areas that Informatic has been helping our clients in the industry today. One of the things that I hear a lot from people in financial services and IT is, is the importance of accuracy, usability, the data being current. You know, has the bar gone up for ensuring that data is, let's call it fit for business use? Absolutely. The bar has definitely gone up. I mean, there's been this uh, cultural change in the financial services sector going on for probably the last 20 years now. And you think about the, the, the question, you know, who owns the data? In the past, it would be, well, the people in IT, the people that manage and, and service the systems and applications that run the business. The short answer is they do not. They do not own the data. Business actually owns the data. Now, when we say fit for business use, I think we have to be clear as to what that actually means. This is a term that I've been promoting here at Informatica. So fit for business use data means that, number one, data has to be accessible in the systems and applications 
that daily business users use each and every day. It doesn't matter how great your CRM application or your risk management application is, whether it's in the cloud or on-premise. So the data is not available from other systems that it requires, that system is no longer usable for the business. Number two, it has to be clean and trustworthy. A lot of organizations take data quality for granted. And oftentimes they manage data quality issues in legacy ways using legacy tools and techniques. Organizations need to understand in real time at any point of the business cycle, what data do we have? What's the quality of the data? Meaning completeness, consistency, conformity. And all these definitions need to be answered and made available to the people who are asking those questions, which is not IT, but the business. Three, data has to be valid. You need valid phone numbers, valid addresses, valid email addresses, valid reference data in order to facilitate a trade or transaction or settle a trade and or transaction. A lot of the data and reference data and master data available in the industry, unfortunately, conflict with each other. Not that it's wrong in the individual systems, but when you extrapolate similar data or like data from multiple systems and try to develop a common term, the data becomes very difficult to be valid. Next, data has to be transparent. What do we mean by that? You know, the regulators these days, they no longer just want to know what you put into the report that you're submitting. They want to know what data you use. More importantly, they want to know where that data came from. So you have the responsibility as a financial institution to your regulators to provide the transparency and the lineage from the time data is created to the time that data is consumed. And then it has to be understood by daily business users. You know, all of this doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you know, as organizations hire new employees, they come into work and they're asked to do a job, but they don't know what data exists, what it means, what it should be used for or not be used for. These are all aspects of data stewardship and governance that needs to be done correctly. And then finally, you know, data has to be protected. All of that sensitive data, whether it's our you know, identifiers, account numbers, social security numbers, et cetera, well, if it's floating around in systems and applications and people don't know that it exists and they're not taking preventive and privacy measures organizations get into trouble. So those are the definitions of fit for business use data that, that companies need to have. And they need to ensure they invest in the proper processes, people, and technology to deliver fit for business use data in today's financial services industry. Peter, I want to focus on the last thing you talked about, which is data protection, data security. Um, you know, it's essential. And, you know, not only are there risk, security, and compliance demands on it, but we're starting to see customers want to look at, you know, can we trust you with our data? Are you somebody we should do business with because you do a better job of, of safeguarding our data? Is that, are these the realities we face? Absolutely. And, and it's no longer just good business practice that you're securing sensitive data and you're doing so in order to avoid a data breach. As we all know, there are now regulations at a global, regional, and local level, whether it's GDPR, you know, the, the California Consumer Protection Act, or CPRA as well, where there are now regulatory fines and penalties for organizations that do not disclose what information they have about their customers, what they're doing with it, and what they're doing to protect it. The, the challenge that organizations have is that as more and more companies look to modernize their core business applications 
analytics and compute infrastructure in the cloud, you know, the attempt was let's do that in order to replace a lot of on-premise legacy systems and applications that have been running the business. You know, many organizations will end up running in a hybrid environment. You have systems and applications and data in the cloud and systems and applications that remain on-premise. And when we talk about the cloud, we're not just talking about one cloud environment. You have organizations that work across all three hyperscalers, AWS, Azure, Google, and they have literally hundreds of software as a service solutions that they've adopted over the years. So as a consumer, if you're not comfortable and confident that your financial institution has the capabilities to not only protect data, but know exactly where your information is and they're complying with regulations. Now, if you feel confident that you'll continue doing business with them. But as soon as an organization faces a regulatory penalty that hits the news or they run into a breach that hits the news, their reputation gets damaged. And there's obviously financial penalties and legal costs to cover that. But the big costs are the loss of opportunity of doing business with existing customers that may leave for competitors, as well as the loss of business from potential customers that would no longer do business with them. So not protecting sensitive data in today's world can be a disaster for any organization across any sector of financial services, regardless of size. Very interesting. That's I, I couldn't agree with you more, Peter. I want to switch the topic a little bit and talk about what's in it for the financial institution. Share of wallet expansion is a goal of, of everyone to sell more services to each person because we need a lot of services. Um, why is it so important for financial institutions to expand share of wallet? And is data kind of the, the key ingredient to getting that done? Well, I, I always say I used to work in the credit card industry and, and my primary job was to go out and do two things. One was to identify prospects for new accounts. And the second was cross-selling merchant promotions to existing cardholders. So back in the day, this is, I'm going to date myself, right? When we used to actually send out physical paper statements, this is before e-statementing. This is actually even before the internet, believe it or not. We used to work with merchants like the Home Depots of the world, um, Craig and Auto Parts, the other retailers. And we'd identify people that would exhibit past transaction behaviors and activities in those merchant segments. And we would plop in a hey, next time you use your card at Home Depot, you'll get 10% off. And, and we used to drive a lot of cross-sell upsell opportunities that way. But that was just with one part of our business. Then we started looking at, well, how does the bank actually expand its wallet share from one product per customer relationship to multiple products per relationship? I don't know about you, but I personally have multiple accounts that I do business on the retail side of my banking services, right? Checking savings with one firm, multiple credit card providers. I do my brokerage with another firm, and I've got a couple of other institutions that I do business with. All of them actually provide similar services. I could have taken my business to just one of them, and they would have had, obviously, a, a large number of the share of wallet as it represents the financial needs of, of my household, but they don't have it. And the reason why it's important is because for every relationship that a bank or an insurance company has, the goal is to expand that wallet share and grab that wallet share because that increases the chance of those clients staying with them. And the switching effort actually becomes harder, right? Because if I'm going to take my checking account and move it to another firm, then I might as well close my savings account with that bank as well, and then move that over, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important from an account protection perspective, but also 
where is the new, net new revenue going to come from? Because if these firms could charge more, they would. But you and I know this. If, if you go with a, a bank that charges less for a loan that you want to take out, or they pay you more in terms of an APR rate for your deposit accounts, that's where you'll do business, regardless of who they are, the logo they serve, if you're a price-sensitive consumer. So it's very important for these organizations in order to cross-sell upsell within their business units, let's say, you know, in commercial or consumer banking, but more importantly, across business lines. And data is the key that's going to unlock information, but it's not just any data, as I mentioned earlier. It's about the ability to have a customer versus an account-centric view of your business. Every line of business knows how many accounts that they've opened and closed. But if you ask a bank or insurance company, how many customers do you actually do business with that have relationships with other parts of the organization, you'll get different answers because the majority of the industry over the years, despite all their investments in CRM technologies, data warehouses, do not have a single version of the truth. And that's where master data management technologies really accelerated providing that answer for not just the banking sector, but for wealth management, as well as the insurance sector. One thing I do want to add to all the things that we've been talking about today and the things that we're seeing here at Informatica and, and my time over the last 15 years talking to our clients and learning what's working and not working. You know, I've seen the cloud modernization investments across financial services grow exponentially over the last five to probably seven years now. With that said, the amount of complexity and risk associated with managing, governing, and protecting data in this cloud hybrid world that the financial services industry is at today is going to get even more challenging for these firms because the way that they are addressing these requirements are by taking legacy processes with a lot of people and whatever tools that they've acquired over the last 20 plus years and hoping that it's actually gonna handle the data requirements that organizations need to address today. And it does not. Informatica was one of those vendors that provided data management solutions 20 plus years ago. Our customers who used many of our older products are now modernizing their investments that they made with Informatica with now what we introduced was a cloud native platform that we call the Intelligent Data Management Cloud, IDMC. That allows the industry, the financial services industry, to not only handle the needs of today, but be prepared to continue to address the complexities that they're going to run into in the next five to 10 years. And there's a huge risk that they need to avoid by neglecting the need to modernize how they manage, govern, and protect data because all these investments that they're making today will go to waste if they are not prepared. Thank you so much for your time today, Peter, and sharing your excellent insights. Please join us for the other episodes in this series where we'll discuss different vertical markets and their unique demands, along with how one organization is moving forward on their data-driven journey. This is Aaron Goldberg for CIO Marketing Services and our sponsor, Informatic. Thank you for your time, and we hope you enjoy the rest of our podcast series. This series is available on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast has been produced by IDG Communications, Incorporated, doing Businesses Foundry, in conjunction with our sponsor, Informatica.